Hello, everyone, and welcome into today's edition of To The Point Podcast. Everybody's doing well. Not a great day of weather out there today, but lots to get into into the in the sports world, lots to, to dive into. Seamus is going to join us today, as he usually does every Tuesday. Um, tomorrow, Cole McDonald is going to join. We'll talk about a lot of different hockey topics. We'll get into some baseball as well. I might even rub it in to him that I've uh, been winning some bets lately, and he hasn't. So we'll rub that in. Um, and uh, but lots get like I said, lots get into today. Me and Shane is going to talk some basketball. We're going to talk some hockey. We're going to do a our top five underrated NHL players right now. This came to me uh, last night when we were thinking about topics, and I'm like, well, there's so many players that I like, and I watch a lot of teams that aren't mainstream, as you all know. Uh, last night. I got to watching Vegas in New Jersey at 12 o'clock, and I was like, well, that this is a new low. Uh, as I'm watching the uh, the Warriors kick the crap out of the um, out of the Denver Nuggets. But there's a lot of players out there that um, that I like that are just really good players and could break out even more. Some of them are, are having good seasons, but I don't think – don't get talked about enough because they play in markets that might get enough, uh, might not get enough attention, but some really good players. We're going to talk about that. But I titled today's episode Miracle. And the reason I say that is there is a potential for a miracle to happen in the NHL this season. And it was, it revolves around the Vancouver Canucks. I thought the Vancouver Canucks were done. I thought their season was over a long time ago. They crept back in a few weeks ago, but you see games in hand. And again, I am, I am fickled. I am torn. I am. I always say, look out for games and look out for these statistics that you can't quantify. What do games in hand mean? It means you have to play more games than your opponent, and you automatically think that's an, a plus. Sometimes it's not because maybe you're not playing your best hockey at that time of year. And teams like Dallas, teams like Nashville, had games in hand over the the Vancouver Canucks, as did the Los Angeles Kings. But now we sit less than two weeks away from the NHL regular season being over, and a story that seemed dead. It it seemed, you know, like a like a Shakespearean love story, this was just not meant to be. Romeo was not supposed to meet Juliet. The Vancouver Canucks were not meant to be in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But as we sit here today, the Vancouver Canucks have six games remaining and are four points out of third in the Pacific, five points out of the final wildcard slot. And they put themselves in a much better position, defeating the Dallas Stars last night, 6-2 to two in regulation, keeping them from getting two points. And Vancouver gets an Ottawa team tonight who lost to Seattle last night. They get Minnesota late in the week, but Dallas is going through a tough stretch where they have to go to Calgary, go to Edmonton. It's a tough week for the Stars. Also, the National Predators are going to Calgary as well, so not an easy stretch for the teams that they're trying to chase. Now, the title of today's podcast, Miracle, only be a miracle if they make the playoffs. If at this time next week they're sitting four points out, the story is a moot point. 
it was a it's a non-starter. It's something that nobody will remember a week from now. Because Cinderella's improbable, the improbable nature of something happening only matters if you finish the job. You can only get an A on a test if you finish the paper. You can only you can only get a sense of gratitude out of finishing a project, whether it's shoveling, whether it's around the house, doing whatever it is that the project in front of you, you only get great satisfaction if you have any kind of work ethic if you finish the job. Well, Vancouver has put themselves in a position where they can make the playoffs, where they can say, where they can they can get in. That's sometimes it's just about getting in. And they're in a position now where they are four points back of the Los Angeles Kings. I think that's their best road to the playoffs. They have a game in hand in the Los Angeles Kings. LA has five games remaining. And I talked yesterday about LA, how it looked like Vegas was going to be the team that caught them. We'll get to Vegas in a minute. But Vancouver has a game in hand. So maybe that part of this story will, will ultimately be their undoing because they'll wear out over the next 10 days. But they have six games left. LA has five. LA has Anaheim twice. You like that. Vancouver's got some tougher opponents, but they do have Ottawa tonight. You have to play game to game. Last night, they had Dallas. Dallas, a team who had not played since Friday, well-rested, looked good. But Vancouver comes in there, and they and they dominate them. Goals from guys you wouldn't really expect, like Jason Dickinson, Vasily Podkolzin. Brock Besser coming off injured reserve gets a goal, and they win a game without their captain and heartbeat of that team, Brock Besser. That's sort with uh, Bo Horvat. So now they sit in the position you want with a chance. As a fan, if you're a fan of the Vancouver Canucks, of course you'd love this team to be in a comfortable playoff spot already. You know, you'd like to be in the Eastern Conference where Washington can stink it up the rest of the way. It doesn't matter. They're in the postseason. They're playing Florida. There's not much to play for. You can lose every game down the stretch. You have to be ready for game one. If you win, that, if you win those early games, you're in a good position. For Vancouver, it's a battle to get in. But you'd much. I think you'd rather be in this spot than be out of it. And maybe I'm wrong. If there's any Vancouver Canucks fans, let me know. You'd rather be in the lottery? Who are you picking? Who's the prospect that really is jumping out to you? I follow the top prospects list. You're going to be picking what? 16 to 18? Is there anybody there that's that interesting to you? Is there a player? Is there somebody dropping that's going to fall in your lap? It's not that kind of draft. There's going to be good players. But you'd rather compete for a playoff spot. You didn't fire Travis Green and bring in Bruce Boudreaux just to be competitive. This Vancouver Canucks team has something that can translate into the playoffs. That's goaltending. You look around the NHL. There's a lot of teams I think are going to do very well that, that are really good. But how many goalies do you trust? How many goalies do you go and say, I trust he's going to win a series? There's few and far between. Is Marc-Andre Fleury going to start for the Minnesota Wild? 
Can Billy Huso step up for St. Louis? Can Jack Campbell stay healthy for the Leafs? Can Frederick Anderson stay healthy for the Carolina Hurricanes? Wait, Jeremy Swayman starting? You go through it. All I know about Thatcher Demko, in the history of his post his postseason career, he has a 955 save percentage in eight starts. Small sample size. That's a whole series. That's more series wins than Tristan Jari, than Jack Campbell, than Jeremy Swayman, than Jake Ottinger, than UC Soros, than Calvin Peterson. Do you want me to keep going? I'm just saying, Vancouver is not a great team. Their defense core is average at best. I like a lot. JT Miller is a great player. Brock Besser has a great shot, has that talent that can score goals. But this team getting in could be a problem. Because why did they have so much success in the bubble? If you remember that a few years ago, second round, game seven. They were that close to going to a conference final. Yeah, it was the bubble. I don't care. Last year was a COVID year. There's no fans. What was the difference? Vancouver has goaltending. If they get in, they could be a problem. Because a team runs into a hot goaltender, sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes it's just your net minders are better. There's series where goaltending is horrible, and it's just who can score the last goal. Pittsburgh and the, the Philadelphia Flyers come to mind. Those, Whenever they play, that seems to happen. Boston and the Islanders last year in the second round, goaltending wasn't great, but teams were scoring. Tuka Rask was a, was a leaking sieve, and Simeon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin were getting different starts every other game because neither of them could make a big save to save their life. But we're in a shifting era. For goaltending. Because you had the Broders, You had the Jonathan Quicks. You had Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford's retired. Broders retired. Jonathan Quick's a backup goaltender. Marc-Andre Fleury could be retired by the end of the year. We're going through a new wave. Where new goaltenders are going to have to create their own story. They will write their own narratives. They will create their own persona. Where they are known as playoff goaltenders. They are known as guys that are, can either get it done or fail to do it. But we have to wait for that script to be written. We have to rely on what little knowledge we have right now. What I do know is that Thatcher Demko in eight starts in the postseason is very good. 9.55 save percentage. What I know about Calvin Peterson, if I look at LA and Vancouver down the stretch, Calvin Peterson's never played in a playoff game. Never started one. Jonathan Quick in a start? I don't think so. Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper in Arizona has five career playoff games of experience. He's won one of them. That's what we know. That's not his fault that he played in Arizona, but that's all I can base this on. Jack Campbell, seven games last year against Montreal. Good, not great. A lackluster game seven. That's what we know. That's his body of work. Um, there's no carry price in these playoffs. Vashlevsky is the outlier because he's written his story. He could continue to write it, add to his Greek mythology, add to his legacy. But how many set guys are there? 
Not many. Because it's just, well, we don't know with this guy. We we don't know with it, it's it's all unknown. It's all well, well, maybe he can we don't know. We have to wait and see on who can deliver. On who can who's gonna be the Marc Andre Fleur of this next generation? Who's going to be that goalie that is just always in the postseason, always seems to have success? But I'd rather have Thatcher Demko, and I, I give the team that has Thatcher Demko a better chance than Jake Ottinger, Peterson, a lot of these guys. And I'm going to reiterate, Vancouver is not a great team. But when you have a goalie, you have a chance. Just to juxtapose it, let's say Vancouver has six games left, LA has five games left. If Vancouver finds their way into the postseason and they play the Oilers, who do you have more faith in? Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen or the Vancouver or uh, Thatcher Demko? It's a non-starter. It's Thatcher Demko. Yes, you look at it and say Edmonton's a better team, top to bottom, than Vancouver. No argument. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are better than any player that Vancouver has. No argument. Darnell Nurse, I believe, is better than any defenseman Vancouver has to offer. But that doesn't mean Edmonton's going to win the series. Edmonton last year had two more talented players than the Winnipeg Jets. They get swept. Things can happen. These players, there's going to be no Connor Hellbuck. There's no Carey Price. Some of these guys that you're used to seeing deliver aren't going to, are not going to be present. They're late for class. They're not allowed into the bar. They put up that little rope. They can't get in. Now, Vancouver has started to play better as well. It's not just about goaltending. But I, I watched their game last night. I caught the, the second and third periods this morning. They're playing better structurally. Elias Pettersson is getting to the front of the net. That's one thing that I criticized him about his game is that early in his career, he seemed to embrace the fact that guys thought he was soft, that he was a skilled Swede that wouldn't get into those dirty areas. He wouldn't get cross-checked. He hated, hated that physicality. And for a while, in the bubble in particular, he just took it on the chin. He sucked it up. He, he, he embraced it. And that was a point of emphasis for him where that was just his game. He got to those. He got to the dirty areas. You're starting to see that more. He's a skilled player. But you also look at the skilled guys. Matthew scores goals in close, as does McDavid. Braden Point lives there. Elias Pettersson should embrace that. Because that's just another place where he can do damage. Last night he scores his goal a foot like a foot away from the from the crease. He's standing there, tucks it home. Perfect. But he's engaging physically. He's going below the hash mark. And th that's what you want to see from him. It's easy. It's easy to live on the outside. Where you don't have to take hits. Where you don't have to engage physically, where you don't have defensemen ragging on you, even though it's way less than it used to be and it's easier. But 
nevertheless, today's era, it's easier to hang out on the outside. But it's those guys, it's those game changers that say, you know what, I don't care about that cross check. I don't care about that guy in my way. I'm going to go to the crease and see what I, what havoc I can cause. What what damage can I do here? It's like a guard. It's like a player in the NBA that is willing to go into the paint. Sometimes it's not you're going into the paint because you can't shoot. It's because, you know what, I'm going into the paint because I can do damage here. They can't guard me in here. For Pedersen, I view it that way. He's getting into the pit. That's just another place where he can score goals. Yes, he can score goals from the point. Yes, he can score from the hash marks on the power play. But it's also, what can I do here? Can I find a little crease? Can I create an office, if you will, in front of the net where I can do damage? I can poke home pucks. He's doing that for Vancouver. You're seeing guys like Vatsaly Podkolzin, who I like a lot from Russia. He's starting to produce. He's He plays hard. He plays tough. He's in, I just think the team has embraced this attitude of why not us? We were written off a long time ago. What if we got to the playoffs? What if we do some damage? What a story that would be. The Bruce Boudreaux of it all. Bruce, there it is. I just think this Vancouver team, different teams are going to have different mindsets at this time of year. Vancouver, it's about survival. You have to win every game. They have six games remaining. They have to go 6-0. No excuses. That's it. Because in the first 76 games, you put yourself in a position where you have to play like this down the stretch. Other teams, look around, every team in the East, Calgary, Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, they're in a better position because they won games. They won more games than you. They beat you in all likelihood. They, they, they were more consistent than you. But you're at 10 days left in the season – you still have a chance to get in, but it's you need help because you need a but you have a you have a game in hand, and you need LA to lose a couple. You need to win, and you need, they got Minnesota coming up, who are red hot. They're not playing great hockey. I'll, I'll add that lately, but they got Vancouver tonight. LA's got Anaheim, so that's kind of a wash. Although Anaheim, LA, that's a rivalry. I don't think. Anaheim wants LA to make the playoffs. That's just reading into it. But those two teams don't like each other. I don't think, I think they'll be playing hard in that game. LA then has Chicago. It's another easy matchup for them. They got a favorable schedule down here. Vancouver goes to Minnesota. So Minnesota will be the favorite at home for sure. But again, find a way to win that game. Minnesota is playing a lot of hockey down the stretch. Maybe you can take advantage of that. But LA has five games. They got Anaheim twice. They got Chicago. So they can play. Anaheim plays LA uh, tonight and Saturday. The Canucks go to Calgary. They got Minnesota. So that that's not easy um, when it comes to their schedule. Uh, LA, and then we go to the last week of the season. And let's just look at it here. Tuesday, it's going next Tuesday. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, L.A. Are they off that day too? Yeah, they are. They got a lot of time off. Vancouver is home to Seattle. It's an e- easier matchup. You got you got to like that one for sure. L.A. is in Seattle. L.A. has got a great 
schedule. They're in Seattle. So they got Seattle on a back-to-back after Vancouver plays them. But Vancouver does play L.A. a week Thursday. So potentially that could be a game-breaker. That could be you know, a defining moment because that's L.A.'s last game of the season. Then Vancouver finishes their season at Edmonton on Friday. So, again, L.A., just to recap that, they got Anaheim, Chicago, Seattle, and Vancouver. That's what they got remaining on their schedule. Vancouver has Ottawa, Minnesota, Calgary, Edmonton, um, and I'm missing one in there. But they, they, they got a tougher schedule, for sure. Uh, Seattle, sorry. But, it, again, it doesn't matter. Maybe you'll get some help. I, like I said, I think L.A. can be a tough matchup. Uh, so Anaheim can be a tough matchup because they're not going to want L.A. to win. They don't want L.A. to make the playoffs. They're a division rival. You hate that team. But it is a good – I've been talking about the NHL, and it's been hard. Like, these next 10 days, I just want to get through it. Because I look at the schedule tonight. Flyers, Maple Leafs, no interest in watching that game. I get it. if you're a Leaf fan, you might – I none for me. Um, Minnesota, Montreal, I like watching Minnesota. But then again, uh, what makes it more interesting is Carey Price is starting. So that piques my interest a little bit. Um, Jets, Rangers, eh, whatever. Um, Bru- Bruins, St. Louis. That has playoff implications. St. Louis wants to keep – they're on a roll. I mean, they're just on a tear lately. Cal- Calgary, Nashville. That's an interesting game because Nashville and Dallas are competing for the wild card spots. So that, that does interest me. But I'm just saying the storylines are so few and far between because the East has been locked up forever. The West has been pretty well unlocked, but Vancouver has made it interesting with LA. I don't see them having enough cachet to catch you know Dallas or Nashville, but you never know. Maybe it is the team they catch in the wild card position because Nashville and Dallas both have six games remaining as well. Just like the um, just like the Vancouver Canucks, maybe they get a cold streak. I mean, Nashville, they're looking to bounce back because they lost to St. Louis 8-3 on Sunday night. So they're and they got Calgary at home. Calgary's coming off a back-to-back, but Calgary's riding high, f- fresh off a 9-1 win, a 5-2 win as they beat Chicago last night. So but you know, I, I'm just looking for storylines. I from another one for me is watching, you know, Austin Matthews is not playing tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs, his second straight game. I don't, I'm not worried about being a long-term injury. I think it's more precautionary, which is a good thing. They don't need to play him. I still think he's going to win the Rocket regardless. You know, he's got 58. I imagine he'll play again this season. He'll get to 60. Even if he doesn't, that's not that big of a deal. I'm sure it is for some fans, but whatever. Um, Kreider's got 50. So Kreider got to 50. Drysaddle's got 54. Can Drysaddle make it interesting in the Rocket? That would be more compelling for me. But you have a number of guys. Ovechkin's got 48 now. He had a he scored his 48th last night in um in uh, Vegas. I sorry in uh, Colorado as they beat Colorado. So I expect he will get to 50. So that's four guys that will get to 50 goals this year. Could can Kirill Kaprizov, who's got 43. Or Connor, McDavid, can either, can any of can any of those three over the next ten days get to fifty as well? Will we see 
five guys get the 50 goals this year. I think seeing guys in races, a bunch of guys get the 50 goals, that makes the story much more compelling. You have guys like Duchesne, Debrinkat, Kachuk, Lindholm. They all have 39, so they're all battling for 40. Uh, Pasternak, Goudreau have 38. So a bunch of guys might get to 40. Jason Robertson has 36 in Dallas quietly. Um, he, I mean, if he could get to 40 in his sophomore season in the NHL, that would be a great story for, for that guy. Uh, the better Robertson, even though the one here about more is Nick in Toronto. But um, so, so that that's the storylines I'm looking at hockey right now. Also, uh, the Art Ross. The Art Ross, McDavid is currently leading the NHL in points at 110. But you have Huberto, who is 108, so he's two back. You have Gaudreau, who's got 107. He's right there. Again, he's trying to get to, to 40 goals. He's trying to get to win an Art Ross trophy, contract year. Dangerous proposition for the Calgary Flames. Dreisaitl's got 105. Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, has 98. Crazy. The... The Calgary Flames, let's talk about Calgary for a minute. They deserve a ton of credit, and I doubted them more than anybody this year. And maybe I shouldn't have because Matthew Kachuk is my favorite player in the NHL. He's my favorite player to watch. He has been for some time. And later in the show, when Seamus joins, I'm going to reveal my favorite NBA player. I haven't had a – I haven't – I haven't really had a guy that I love watching since Dirk Nowitzki retired. I have a guy now. I'll reveal that later. But I know how good Matthew Kachuk was. But last year, it was all about him engaging physically, taking stupid penalties, and focusing more on the Zach Cassians of of the world, if if you will, and not about his high-end talent, his ability to finish around the net, and not only that, but just his high-end skill. And then... This year, they make subtle changes. They don't do a whole lot. They still have Markstrom, but he's on his second season with the team. They bring in good Branson, Zadorov. They got a big defense. And Daryl Sutter gets to implement what he wants to do. But you have Kachuk, you got Goudreau, and you got Elias Lindholm on one line. To me, it's the best line in the NHL. Every guy on this team might score 40 goals. Lindholm, who's the quiet one of the group, because Gaudreau might win the Art Ross. He's got over 100 points. Kachuk's going to get 200. Lindholm's got 78, which might seem like small potatoes. But for a guy that in Calgary that was thrown out, oh, he's just a, a, in, a, in Carolina, he's a guy that can't get it done. He's just a two-way center. He brings nothing to the table offensively. Malarkey. But um, he's got 78 points. It's going to have 80 plus. It's going to score 40 goals, all career highs. And I said this at the beginning of the year. He's the best player on the Calgary Flames. He just is. You watch him, the effect that he has on a hockey game. There's guys that just, they don't jump because they're not big point getters. Oddly enough, they were teammates, but Lindholm, Jacob Slavin in, in Carolina on the back end, these guys just play the game the right way. They make smart decisions. They're in the right, they're positionally so sound. And they're not given the fanfare. They're not given all the praise. But they're I think Slavin's the best player on care on care. I think he's better than Aho. 
I think Lindholm's the best player on the Calgary Flames. He's better than Markstrom. He's better than Kachuk's my favorite player. He's better than Goodrow. But it's these these type of guys are the interesting stories to me. And they're the game changers. They they set the pace of the game. They they set the, the tenor for the team. I think Lindholm, he was the guy who had a hot start. I think he had like 11 points in his first four games to start the season. He started off hot, and it really started a change in Calgary where they rarely let off the gas this season. It never looked like Calgary was going to – they looked in trouble. It never looked like, well, this team's not going to make the playoffs or, you know, they might they might be in, in a tough spot. I mean, case in point, I'm throwing out this stat more for my parents and the people that – the old school hockey fans that like this statistic, the Calgary Flames top line has the best plus minus in hockey. They're the top three. Johnny Gaudreau is a plus 61. Elias Lindholm is a plus 57. And Matthew Kachuk is a plus 54. Devon Taves and Kale McCart, a D pairing, are the next two on the list. Plus 52 Taves, plus 48 McCarr. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's impressive what, what this team has done. But again, but you, you got to separate, you know, it's like separating church and state. You have to appreciate what, you, what you've done so far. Yes, the playoffs will ultimately decide your season. But this season will mean something because guess what? Johnny Gaudreau is going to get a salary more than you would have gotten after last season because of the regular season he's had. Because, the yes, he might not have as great of a postseason. We'll wait and see on that. But he's still going to get a good chunk of change because of the season he's having. Because of, of the production that he's putting up. He's going to be in a position to get, get some cash. I don't know what that number is going to be. More than I would pay him, for sure. But would it shock me if Johnny Gaudreau this summer gets a seven-year extension at nine, ten million dollars? No. Would I sign him? No. But there's people that will do it because they're desperate and they feel like they have to. Um. I see our guest is on the line. Gonna see he's wearing a, an odd hat. Uh, I guess he's now a Toronto Blue Jays fan. Thought he was a Rogers fan, even though not really. Uh <laughs> in here, uh, Seamus Fillmore. Shay, how you doing? Good. Already throwing chats at me, eh? I was looking oh, for my, I, I was looking you. for my TPP. Oh, you can't hear me.
We got you. I can't hear you in one second. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Oh, nice. I can hear you too. Perfect. Yeah, I don't know why that, that is. I uh, have seen thing happen with David last week, but then when Cole joins, it works. Anyway, I don't, I don't know. It's funky um, with the settings. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, how's the week going? Great, man. Yeah, good good week. Uh, good weekend to recharge. I actually did end up taking Friday off, which was a rare occurrence for, for me in the season. So uh, that was that was unbelievable. But other than that, just catching up on sports and kind of laying low before I uh, take flight here. Uh, well, less than four five less than four days i guess now right um flying out of st john or flying out of the john yeah i've never been to the their uh, airport i can't imagine it's very big but we'll see might be a right. little sketchy yeah I, i've never been there either so uh, you'll have to let me know what that's like um i, I was just talking about good uh you know but danny child there's little storylines kind of because there's I was Vancouver I talked about off the top how they're kind of putting themselves back in the conversation mm. but um yeah I've been kind of watching point races which I usually hate doing because I find that you know that doesn't tell the whole story but you have Goudreau who might win an Art Ross he's gonna mm. score 40 goals he might get nominated for the heart I mean he's having like a contract season you know out the wazoo what's this season going to do for him? Like I, I think it's going to obviously up his value, even if his postseason isn't stupendous, but uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a good off season for Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's playing like a Russian really good in his last year of his contract. Um, no, I, I think there's a lot of good things, but I, I, I see what you mean where I think you were coming on, you're talking about a seven, eight year deal where it's worth getting 10 million, which, that I, I it's not going to be calgary calgary's got another big guy they've got to sign and kachuk mm. i don't know i i there's there's teams out there being like oh I, you know we want we want the the sexiest guy in the market and they'll go out and pay him and I mean, good for goudreau take all the take all the cash you can uh you had this great year you're going to enter into playoffs i don't think you'll do that well but maybe you know there's there's my, my opinion doesn't mean a whole lot i don't think so yeah, I'm not sure what uh what I mean, if you're Calgary, what are you doing right now? You saying saying goodbye? I'm trying to win a cup checks? and then I then I tell them thanks for the memories. Unless unless it's <laughs> unless it's reasonable. Like I think I just I can't I can't pay him ten million dollars over eight years. I I can't do it, you know. I he's a great player, really really good player, but he's too inconsistent for me. I, I need, I need him uh, motivated, and uh, I need him. Even Kachuk, as much as I love him, would concern me in a long-term deal because he's a guy that is. I think he's a motivation guy. I think he gets fueled from people doubting him. He had a poor season last year, and giving him financial security. I don't love that either. You know, I, if only the NHL was all one year contracts, I think that would make for great content. And it also, you know, I think fuel players to play incredible. Yeah, it would be something, uh, any chance that either of these guys take a, a friendly deal to keep their team competitive next year. <laughs> the way the NHL is going, um, <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, I just, I think it's hard to, you have an agent who's like 
So, uh, so Johnny, yeah, um, you want to hear their offer? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I want to stay. Well, you know, I, I'm not allowed to talk to other teams, but you know, I've heard from different people. I haven't been talking to them, but I've heard they might have like 12 for you in Philly. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we'll wait around and hear yeah. what they got to say. You know, I, like you said, there's a there's a sucker born every day. I mean, what if what if Seattle signs Gaudreau just as a as a as a piece to start building a team that's competitive, as mm-hmm. just a centerpiece for a few seasons to at least say we got a guy. Hey, players that are out there. Not only is Seattle a great city, but we have one of the best talents in the NHL on this roster. Come join our our team. Let's build something special. Yeah, I could see that happening. It wouldn't be a full rebuild, but it would be, you know, you're right. It would get people in the seats, which I think is important, obviously for a new franchise. Yeah. I Maybe he goes back to Calgary, but I just, I have a feeling he won't be there. Cause like, I think they'd rather, Kachuk's younger. Mm. He brings more to the table, I think. And Goudreau, I think will just price himself out. But I mean, Calgary's, they haven't had many blips all season. They've been a really consistently great team. I've kind of talked about how I believe Lindholm, Kachuk, and Gaudreau have been the best line in the NHL from start to finish this season. As the playoffs are 10 days away from the regular season being over, how, how much, do you like Calgary out west? Like, Do you like their, their road to potentially get to a conference final and further? You know how I feel. You know you brought, you brought up my demons. No, I, I, I like – I really like Calgary – but just their historical performance in the first round scares me a lot. The only thing that's different about those teams than this team is the guy who they have uh, playing, obviously, between the pipes, and that's Markstrom. So if he comes out and plays really well, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. I, I was looking at their stats the other day, and I was like, Rasmus Anderson has almost 50 points. He just never – like, it just never even appeared to me. Like, that's a sneaky guy who's having a really good year. Right. And, you know, they when they signed him, I was like, oh, this is a questionable deal. And obviously they saw something in that a lot of people didn't. Yeah, I mean, you look like Gaudreau's got 108 points. Kachuk's got – he's going to have 100 this year, which is crazy because uh, mm. he was, you know, just a checking forward. And Lindholm's going to have 80-plus. And yeah. I I love him. I, I, I think he's their best – I if I could pick one of the three, I'd take Lindholm over the other two. Uh, but um, – they're they're good. Like I, I like their path because they're in they're gonna win their division. Yeah. And I I don't worry about Nashville and Dallas as as much as I think you do. I think you look at those two teams and you know I watched Dallas and St. Louis the other day, uh, Nashville and Dallas the other or whoever the hell it was. Nashville and Dallas uh, St. Louis. And yeah, it was it was like one team that was a playoff team and the other was a little baby brother and Lucy is pulling away the football uh, every time Nashville tried to do anything productive. I, I think Calgary could do the same thing with Nashville in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, they got to hope so. I think there's some, there's definitely some similarities, but there's also some difference between like team like St. Louis and Calgary, but yeah, ultimately it's just going to come down to, you know, who's got the, who's got more grit. And I think, uh, Nashville's not scary, but I like their goaltending and I like obviously mm-hmm. Yossi on the back end as well. Um, it, it's interesting though, like as you mentioned about Vancouver, like they don't, they're not even chasing a wild card, they're chasing the third spot in their thing. Yeah. Which I mean, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna complain again about the, the structure of the playoffs, but like that's go ahead. I, well, no, I just think like that's stupid that like. 
they're skipping over Dallas and Nashville to take LA's spot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, anyways, but that's, I get it. Yeah. My bit. Uh, how do you feel about that? Like you, you're okay with it. I prefer, well, I prefer one to 16 and you, yeah. Okay. And you, and Oh, what my dream scenario, Shay, and this would be a perfect TV product. They'll never do it because it'd be great ratings and be great for the sports. They won't do it, (laughs) but one to 16 and there's a draft. So Colorado or Florida win the president's trophy. They're on the clock. They get to pick who they want to play, but it's on TV. Like you, you get see brunette. He comes to the table or he's on the zoom and he goes, you know what? We want to slay the dragon. Give us Tampa first round. You know, maybe it's a shot. Like maybe it'd be predictable, but maybe it's like, we feel good about this matchup. Like maybe St. Louis might want to play Minnesota because they match up really well. They always seem to beat them. So maybe they're like, well, Dallas might be tougher. Or, you know, like Colorado might be like, well, who, who do we really – maybe they go east and maybe it's Colorado against uh, Pittsburgh or whatever. You know, I, I just think that would make for great drama, great television. That would be unbelievable content to see that yeah. go on and the fan base is just going nuts. Like if a Colorado is like, yeah, we're not going to take the – we're not going to take the cherry off the top. No, we'll take the whole Sunday. We'll take, yeah, Tampa. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it, it would be – It'd be wild. I, I never heard that theory before from, from you before, so that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, but, I mean, that's one to eight would be fine. Um, I did this, actually looked it up yesterday. Do you know who Toronto would play if it was a one to eight matchup? Because I know. Damn. It would be, I mean, I'm not going to cheat. I have it right in front of me, but um, hmm. they're 106 right now. Would they play? They play a Carolina or a New York. They play Pittsburgh. Oh, oh, okay. No, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So they they play Pittsburgh if it ended. Every other series, the the only changes would be the middle series in each conference. So like the division series is those would change for okay. from each, but the the uh, the the wild cards would be the, like the one eight two seven. So those wouldn't change in either of the conferences. Hmm. Um, but. Yeah, so that that's who like Toronto would play. Uh, so that New York, uh, with this scenario, New York would play um, uh, Tampa. So that'd be a fun series too. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, is there any team that can throw out that excuse? Oh, we well, hate this. That we hate the format. Is there any? Is there any team that can really do that and get away with it? The Leafs. Because they have the hardest division, and and they're in Toronto, so everyone usually sucks them off and says, "Oh yeah, like oh you're right, like this isn't fair," or "Oh yeah, like that wasn't a cross check to the neck of Matthews." Um, no, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people who could bitch and complain. Like for example, L.A. L.A. had a half decent year. They're not doing well right now, believe me, but they're they could lose out on a playoff spot because one team's going to beat them by a point, whether it's Vegas or um vancouver what's that won't be vegas my god yeah yeah vegas they're uh they're a topic for their topic for a whole podcast we could do a whole breakdown on the year they had and what's been going wrong with them yeah i I, let's talk about vegas for a minute (laughs) i I watched some of that game last night 
Yeah. Well, no surprise to you. Uh, <laughs> playing my devil, so I had to watch some of it. I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but it's going to be mass panic in Vegas because they might still make it. I don't think so because they're in a tailspin right now. They can't score a goal to save their life. Mm-hmm. Jack Eichel might be back in Buffalo because he's not in Vegas. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I, I, I see. I think Pete DeBoer will probably because they fire coaches like they buy you know a Reuben sandwich. Like it's just every other day. Like they're just okay, go like get out of here, but. They got no money. They're going to have all these. I mean, I, I don't know. It's going to be mass panic in Vegas for this team to miss the playoffs over Vancouver or, or in LA or in Dallas. If you look like that, that is craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They play, they play caps, sharks, stars, Chicago and blues in their last five games. Do you think it's not a terrible think? schedule, but uh, it's again, they, they got lost no last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, they had to win last. I think I agree. They had to win last night to make it easy on themselves, and they yes. just totally bonkered it. Like, I, I don't know how I, I don't know how you look at this team and think, like, we, we got this stuff after losing to New Jersey. No offense, I know you love New Jersey. I don't know, Joey. It's gonna be because LA's got tough. a pretty easy schedule, they got. Anaheim twice. They got Chicago. They got Seattle, and they got Vancouver. Oh yeah, they're they're licking their lips. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you throw the Blues in there. That's your last game. What if that last that comes down to it? Your Blues. You're playing the Blues, the one of the better (laughs) Western Conference teams, and that's who you got to play in order to get in. And they just don't have it. They don't don't have the stuff. No. Um, What was I gonna say? Damn. Anyways, lost lost my train of thought. I was I had another, I had another Vegas take, but it's not coming to me. Mm. Oh so, yeah, I, I was all I was gonna say is that Vegas has been babied since they've been in the league. They've never missed the playoffs, two conference <laughs> finals. They've literally been babied. So it's gonna see. It's gonna be very interesting to see how Vegas fans handle a, a missing playoffs and then whatever you know bomb comes in the offseason, whether it's trading one of their stars or. Getting rid of one of the guys who've always been there, a Bill Neal or a, a Bill Carlson, you know, a Marshall Smith, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I hoped like it just panic. People don't go so that like me and you can go next year, watch a game for cheap. Uh, you know, <laughs> Vegas trip. Uh, that, able to pay for it with all those golf wins you've been having. <laughs> get to that yeah, later. Yes, it's it's uh making it rain lately um put that one the piggy bank but um yeah i mean vancouver has got ottawa tonight they got uh, minnesota calgary edmonton seattle so mm. they got a tough enough schedule rocky yeah yeah but they you know i don't rule it out because they're, they're playing hot right now they're playing they're playing really well um, but it's just nice to see a race. You know, there hasn't been the Eastern Conference we've talked about. It's been unlocked for three months. So that's really been a, a non-starter. Now, mm-hmm. you, you know, the most interesting storylines out East are, no surprise to you, Frederick Anderson's hurt again. Uh, no surprise to you, Jack Campbell. He might be hurt again. I mean, the guy is an ace bandage. Uh, and 34 is out again tonight. So mm-hmm. it's mostly about uh, injury scares or maybe just, 
being cautious with, with different players going into the postseason. Yeah, and we could probably hop into the Leafs and then we'll we'll probably hop into basketball after. But what, you know, you have this, you know, this reach, the 60 goal reach is, you know, it's right there. Mm-hmm. Are you know, is it a smart move to leave him out and leave that off the table and just rest him for the playoffs? Because as of right now, I'm pretty confident we're still gonna get home ice advantage. Maybe I haven't checked the other two schedules, but as of right now, I think we can get it. Yeah, I mean, you got Philly tonight. If you can't beat Philly without Matt, you know, they'll beat Philly tonight. They'll, I, I think they'll win 5-2 tonight without them. Um, there's an early prediction for it. FanDuel. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I think they'll win. So they got Philly. I know they got they got Tampa Thursday. So that's, that's the big game. Yeah. Tampa's got Long Island tonight. Then they go to Florida. Uh, so, so they got that, that Tampa swing again. I think Matthews will play again before the end of the regular season. I think it's probably, you know, maybe he plays one of the two in Florida, maybe he plays Saturday night. Um, just to, just to get back in or you could play next. I know they finish against Boston, uh, mm-hmm. a week from Friday, but to be quite frank, I could give a shit about 60 on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't care. Me too. Al Dubas is the nicest guy ever, you know, Sault St. Marie, all that nice stuff. Um, but I don't care. Like if dry saddle passes him, I don't care. Like it, it's about the playoffs. I think he'd say the same thing. You know, it's like as much as I hated seeing Clayton Kershaw get pulled from that perfect game and it bugged me. I understand it in a sense, even though it's April and the season ends in October and baseball. Hey, the season ends in June. It's April. Like this is, this is it. Like you're playing for Tampa next week, you know, two weeks from now, you're not playing for a regular season trophy that you could win next year. So it, it's about health. And I, he might win the, the rocket if he doesn't play a game again, quite frankly. Wow. I love it. No, no, I, I, I hope so. I, I, I agree with you. I think he will be back for those couple warm-up games, but it doesn't bother me one bit if he doesn't reach 60 or if he doesn't play another game because I think the team can kind of keep on a glide like they have been. Like, they didn't play without him with the Islanders. I thought they played fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Campbell, I, I don't know. What do you think? Like, he's he played a, he played good against New York, but then you're right. He's back hurt, and he's he seems to always be on and off all the time. Yeah. As a guy who's going into a contract year, it would scare me to re-sign someone like that because you just know you're not going to get consistency. Uh, absolutely. Uh, no, there's there's no way he's getting more than a he's not getting more than the Mrazic deal because yeah. yeah, I think they'll try to move Mrazic in the in the off season, obviously, but that'll take some sweetening. But I think they they'll get it done. But he's he's not a he hasn't proven that he's a $5 million goalie yet to me. Mm-hmm. And if he has a great postseason, that's where he can earn his money. If they can go on a deep run and he's a great goalie, then he, he will get that change. Like Bennington did after he won a cup, he'll at least get a three to four year deal where you get a, you get some security. But if he loses in the first round and he's average and after every game, he's saying, Oh, it's my fault. It's not the guy's fault. He's, doing the ass grab like Tiger Woods, uh, you know, after every bad shot he takes, well, I'm looking elsewhere and I'm trying to get Ilya Sorokin from the New York Islanders. Mm, a lot. I would. No he's, here. he's having a quiet, really good season, Ilya Sorokin, because the Islanders have just been an afterthought, but he's, 
Lou, I'm sure, wouldn't want to trade him to Toronto, but for the right price, you can make any deal work. Yeah, I, no, I agree. I but I, for and on the other hand, I think he's the he's the goaltender for the future. I think they move Varmolov away, or he might even be done this year, and you try lock him up for as long as you can because I I do think he's a quality starter, like you yeah. said. And you've only seen a little bit of him too. It's not like he's been in the league for five six years. He's been in the league for like two. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's the one thing because he's every other start. It seems like oh, he can't go because his back hurts. And I'm like, well, in the playoffs, it's not like the NBA where Celtics Nets get 18 days off between day between games. Like yeah. they you play every other night. You play yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like it's not like okay, well, my back hurts. I can't go. Can we schedule it the third? No, like you're playing. You're playing tonight. There, big boy. And yeah. Shalgren or Jerry Shalgren, our guy, is not going in there. Like, he, if he is, it's talk about mass panic. Leave Nation is just going to be, you know, throwing, oh, yeah, throwing things at their television. Yeah, yeah, I love to see a, a Shalgren meltdown in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm kidding, I don't. No, no, shout shout out my family's going to that game on Thursday actually. So I'm pretty, oh, nice. pretty jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I'll feel bad if Matthews doesn't play because I mean, yeah, he's a big he's a big reason why we watch. So. Be interesting to see if he yeah he mom and dad are going to uh the florida game saturday uh park yeah. park or uh fort lauderdale is that where it is yeah fort lauderdale so i love it they're going to that game so yeah little uh florida connection there uh but yeah flyers tonight i mean they got a six point lead so they're they're in a good spot to get home ice that's all you can owe for at this point i don't think they're going to catch florida because i mean florida's no, no. on it tear themselves right now yeah, they have, i don't think they're they're ten or since they lost the Leafs the last game they haven't lost a game no they, they've, they've won, won all 10 yeah yeah <laughs> pretty pretty <laughs> impressive i guess to end your year like you're already having a great year on top of that and you just don't lose before we go to basketball did you do a top five underrated players i did yeah i had time to get one ready i it's a little sloppy if i didn't have the time i would like to research but i've uh Five, six guys, I guess, that I think, you know, they don't get talked about enough for sure, uh, especially okay. in our markets. I don't really have like a one to five, but I just – Okay, me neither. Yeah. Together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so why don't you, you – you'll name one, then I'll go, and we'll go like that. Okay. Um, yeah, one guy from San Jose who, yes, they suck, but he's having a great year, leads them in points, uh, Timo Meyer. Mm -hmm. uh, he's one guy I just, you know, I'm looking up one day. I'm like, holy crap. He's got 33 goals and 40 assists in 70 games. And he's probably one of the only reasons to watch that team play is because yes. he's just so good. Um, no, he's, I mean, he's a talent. Obviously he was a, he's part of that great 2015 draft. I think he does a lot of things well, even besides offensively, but yeah, I, but just because San Jose stinks and you know, they're not getting the airtime. Most, most networks will give them, uh, I still think he's one of the most underrated players. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, yeah, he's a guy. He's a really skilled player, and with him and Hurdle, they have a chance. That's all you can. Yeah, you know, they got to build. Obviously, find a find a goalie because Optimus Rhyme is not the answer there. But um, I like team. I like that one. I went with a former Maple Leaf, another guy out west, Trevor Moore. He's having a really quiet, good season. For, for mm -hmm. LA. I was going to put him or Victor Arvidsson. I went with Trevor Moore. They're on the same line. They kind of have this, you know, just pickup line on LA where they got Deneau, Montreal, let him go, who plays with Trevor Moore right now, and Victor Arvidsson. 
But Trevor Moore went from a guy that was like a waiver pickup that was kind of the Leafs said, you know, we can't afford to slash. We don't want you anymore. And he's kind of found a home in L.A. He, uh, he's, he might get the 20 goals by the end of the season. He chips in. He, he, find, he back checks. He plays hard. And uh, I, I like his game. I think he can be a good third third line player and make have a great career doing that. So I, I think he's an NHL player. He's established himself. And I like myself some Trevor Moore. Yeah, I was, I was happy. You know, I you know obviously you hate you hate to see him go when we got Muzzin back, but um, that was right. that was ultimately uh, the best thing for his career because he was never going to move. Uh, he was never going to move laterally for the Leafs. So to mm-hmm. see him go and play on a team like that and obviously have success if they make the playoffs this year, I think that's huge for the LA organization. And you know, for my biggest thing is if he does it again, if he has another great year next year, and then I think he's established himself as a you know a quality top six guy in uh, mm-hmm. on that team absolutely yeah another guy oh for you. yes yeah uh another guy okay i have Braden shen uh mm. which he, he maybe he, he does get some love i guess but i still don't think he gets enough because he's been consistent every year he's been in the league he's a you know a 20 goal scorer at least and you know he might not He's not going to have a point per game every year. He is this year, basically. He's 57 and 60. But he does a lot of other good things, plays well defensively. He always, if, if you know, if it's a dirty hit or if he doesn't like something, yeah. he's not a, he'll drop him. Like, that's that's the type of player he is. So he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a quality, I'd say, second-line center. He's playing on a really good team this year where offense just seems to be, you know, they're, just, they're chucking it around like a – I don't even know, like a freaking frisbee out there. So good, good for them. St. Louis is having a great year, and he's a big part of that. Yeah, I was kind of looking up St. Louis too because I I got a St. Louis player on my list, uh, and yeah, he's having a great season. Like you mentioned, that whole team just seems everybody seems having a great year. I mentioned Justin Falk yesterday. I watched that game against Minnesota. I think he's playing great, Justin Falk. He yeah. he's playing physical. I, I I've never seen him play better, and uh, it's good to see because obviously that. Petrangelo move was a tough one to see him go, and then Falk was brought in. He looks good. I'm not saying he's better than Petrangelo, but he looks like a good fit right now. Um, this guy is my guy. You know, he's I I, I he's one of my favorites. Um, Robert Thomas. Uh, he's got a 13 game point streak right now. Mm. I thought next year would be his breakout year, but he's having a he's going to get to 80 points this season. So mm-hmm. I, he's, he's um, still learning how to score. I think he needs to shoot the puck more, but this guy could be an easy 90 point player. I believe because he can, he can get 60 assists because he's going to do that this year. He's a great, great passer. Tarasenko is benefiting. They're both benefiting from playing with one another, but he's smart. I think he's one of the best passers in the NHL. And he's just sneaky, sneaky good at, at just the little things. So Robert Thomas for me, and he plays in St. Louis. They don't get a whole lot of airtime uh, in Canada, but he's having a great season. And like you mentioned, that team is firing in all cylinders heading into the playoffs. It's crazy because that team, you get lost in guys because so many of them are doing so well offensively. Yeah, like, Barbers like- 25 goals this year. It's it's crazy, and like you know, you just throw a dart on that board, you're gonna end up with a good player. Um, they've got three solid lines. That's why it makes that matchup between them and Minnesota so intriguing. Because <laughs> how is like Minnesota may be able to shut down two of those lines, but 
they're, they're, they're always going to have at least one scoring threat on one of their lines. And yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Thomas is having a great year. I think as a Canadian and, you know, St. Louis, obviously, like you said, doesn't get a lot of casting time. I think they'll get more because they have like this young Canadian star to kind of rally around. Yeah. And I could see Thomas being a first line center on that team, probably in the, in, as close as two years from now. And I could see them getting more run in the playoffs because they do have a lot of Canadian players. You mentioned yeah. Shen. Thomas is from Ontario. O'Reilly is from yeah. Ontario. Uh, uh, Bennington, I think, is an Ontario kid. Yeah, Pareko. Um, Pareko. Yeah, like they're when they were in the finals, they got a lot of talk because they had a lot of Canadian content. Absolutely. And so I, I could, yeah, I could see them getting more focused as we get into the playoffs. Uh, another guy on my list, this, this is going to pain me to say because of the team he plays for, but uh, Brandon Carlo from Boston. Ooh. Uh, he, he's never going to, this guy is never going to have more than 20 points. He's hurt a lot, but he's hurt because of the way he plays. Uh, mm -hmm. Blocking shots, being physical in corners, clearing in front of the net for his goaltenders. And as a guy who watched two seven game series where Brandon Carlo was a part of that as anybody, I can contest to say that he he's a physical force and he's never uh, even more so now that Hampus Lindholm is there. He's never going to get talked about as much as say a Carl, uh, uh, a McAvoy, but he does a lot of really, really good things. Well. Um, yeah. And he, he's just up there for me. I, I don't think he gets talked about enough being a quality defender. Yeah. He his compete level is always top notch. And he, like you say, he'll do whatever it takes to win, to win the shift, to get the puck out of the zone He's just a really smart hockey player. To add on to your point with that type of player, I had Devon Taves for Colorado, and he plays with McCarr. So I think that he yeah. kind of like, whoa, like Mark <laughs> Mathot. I'm like, he's better than Mark Mathot. Uh, he is smart. He he jumps into the play, even though he plays with one of the skilled, one of the most skilled players in the league. He's just really, he's a good good skater, underrated skater, and I I like his his game a lot. I just, I just think there's not many things he doesn't do well. And he's another one of those Jacob, Jacob Slavin type guys. I look at and say, there's rare, it's rare that he makes a mistake when he's on the ice. Hard to believe he's a point, almost a point per game defender. And at the <laughs> same time, he's like playing power. He's like, he's on their PK. He's, you know, he just unbelievable five on five. That's a, that's a good pick. I never even thought he never even crossed my mind, but yeah, he does make a lot of sense. And he gets the headman treatment where, it's like, oh, who's playing? With, who's playing with Hedman tonight? Doesn't matter. Hedman's on the ice. Same mm -hmm. with, same goes with McCarr. So he deserves a lot of credit. I think he does a lot of really good things. Well, yeah. No, he he's he's a skilled. He's a good, good player. Uh, who's the, who's the next one for you? I, I saved my best for last. I think we're gonna have the same guy. Okay. Know, our teammate thing. Well, maybe not. Maybe you think he's starting to get the credit he deserves. But um, uh, four have Nelson uh from the Islanders. Mm. This year, it was unbelievable in both playoffs, both playoff runs in the last couple of years for them when they made it to the conference finals. You know, this year they needed scoring. He he has like the, almost 35 tucks this year, which is a career high for him. And he's a he's a warrior uh, um to like on both ends of the ice. Like he just mm. does a lot of really good things. Well, yeah, he he's a great player, really, really, and he's a great playoff guy. Like he's he's been great the last number of years and. Honestly, New York didn't have the year they wanted, but he's still having a great season. Yeah. I threw Troy Terry in the mix because mm. I he's got quiet 36, might get to 40, but he plays on Anaheim. Like they stink. And yeah. 
but they're young. I think they're going to be fun to watch eventually, maybe not too far away with Zegris and Terry and you know their young nucleus, uh, Jamie Drysdale. So, um, but Terry has got a great shot. He's got a knack for getting to the front of the net and he's just a, a pure goal scorer. I, I think he could be a 30 goal scorer. He could be a Debrinkat type guy where every year, like that guy's got 40 goals again. Like how, how did he get 40? I could see mm-hmm. Troy Terry being a guy added to that list where like, holy crap, he's got 35 again, you know, at the end of the season. And you just, you didn't hear about it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's and especially on the back half of this year where they've traded everybody. They're they're down. They're whittled their team down to almost nothing, um, and he's still playing really well. Like that is that's a true testament of how like being a superstar player when everyone else around you is not doing well. So, who's your last guy? Uh, your boy Jake the Snake Slavin on Carolina. <laughs> I, I still don't think he gets enough credit because you know I. The only place that gives him enough credit is Twitter, honestly, Dougie. I go on Twitter and people just love this guy. I think we're yeah. some of the real hockey minds. But, no, I, I mean, he's got 40 points this year. But the points don't matter. It's just everything else he does with this game. Mm-hmm. Just unbelievable, whether it's breakout passes, whether it's, like, just making the, – the way he, I guess, traps a guy coming around. Like, you know when, you know when a guy's coming around the boards mm-hmm. and he just – gives him space and keeps his stick in the right spot the entire time like that is just i don't know just just things like that just make his game he's a goalie he's great yeah like freddie better better. yeah yeah anderson must have been like this is what this is what defense looks like i he wasn't getting that cody cc and now there's slavin (laughs) yeah yeah no he's he's right there i had i was gonna put him on my list you think he's getting the right attention? Well, I thought it'd be kind of cliche if I put him on there because I just I talk about him all the time. So I went with a youngster in Vancouver. I went with Vasily Podkolzin, okay. who I I like him. Power forward. He's got 14 goals now in the season. He he's a first round pick, was a late first rounder for New for Vancouver's in his rookie season coming over from Russia. Um, I think he's gonna be a player. Like he can score 20, 25 goals, um, plays tough. He's a physical body. And I, I think he's going to be an important piece. You know, they whiffed on some first round picks, wingers, Jake for top of mind for me. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a miss. I think he's going to be a good player. I like his game already and I like his compete. And I, yeah, but Saley Puck Colson is going to round out my underrated players. I think, yeah, I think he's got the Troy Terry vibe too, where he is, he's not having a great year. Maybe this year, maybe he won't have another great year next year, but at some point he will hit. Yeah, I, I believe so too. He's really, really good. I remember watching him in the World Juniors for like what felt like five years in a row, a little sus. Um, and he he was talented in all of them. I mean, he was captain in basically, I think, two out of the yeah, three years. Last he played. Two. Yeah. 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 So he is, he's going to hit eventually. I think he's and he's only twenty. Like he's a young, young guy, so he's gonna have time to to blossom and to get better. Um. So yeah, that's good hockey stories. You got Leafs, Flyers tonight. You got uh, Vancouver, Ottawa, which is an important game for Vancouver as they try to catch LA. Has got Anaheim, so it's important uh, late night games tonight, which I know you probably won't be up for, but I might have to catch a bit of them. Um. Let's pivot to the NBA. Uh. We'll talk Celts in a minute. But I texted you last night, 
And I, I told you that I have a new favorite NBA player. And I haven't really embraced a favorite player since Dirk Nowitzki because I don't hand out that easy. You know, Kachuk, it took me some time for me to really say he's my favorite NHL player. Really in football, I find it hard. Like, I, Clay Matthews is my guy forever. I'm, I like Buda Baker on the Cardinals, but I don't know if he's necessarily – I'm still waiting there. But I have a new favorite NBA player. And you wanted three guesses to see if you could guess who it is. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the floor. And if you get it, I- I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. To kind of take us through your guesses now and why you're guessing certain. Oh, guys. I'm going to do a deep dive too. Just, just okay. for the fun. Yeah. Just for the fun. The psychology. Okay. Yeah. I guess the first one, I mean, you've talked to him quite highly. Uh, he also plays for Dallas. So, I mean, it's not no surprise. Uh, he does a lot of things well. He's he's always smiling. He's happy to be there. You know, he seems like your kind of guy. Uh, is Luka Doncic your new favorite player? It's a good guess. Um, oh. I, I, the, one of the reasons I texted you this last night is because I thought you'd pick a Dallas Maverick because they were playing. Yeah. Last night. So it's a yeah. little reverse psychology. <laughs> um, but no, it is not a Dallas Maverick. Uh, but I do like I I like Luka Doncic a lot, but it is not him. Okay. Okay. I I thought maybe that's why I had to get a couple other ones. Is this guy? I mean, you talked about him a lot this year, but it's rightfully so. You know, he could win Most Improved Player. Is Jean Morant your your new favorite player? <laughs> it's not John Morant. No. 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 I, I like him a lot. He's a human highlight reel. Yeah. But uh, and he's he's extremely fun to watch. But no, it's not Jaw. Okay. Okay. This guy, you've you've had his name and the MVP kind of close together all season long. <laughs> he had a really good first game against the New Orleans Pelicans. Is Chris Paul your new favorite player? No, it's not Chris Paul. Oh, damn it. Okay. Well, I, I, I thought maybe. I was like, that's a, that's a little late to start liking a player who's been in the round. Yeah, been around the league he might, for yeah he's years, not but... long for the league. Yeah. Okay. I'll so give who... you a hint. Okay. This guy's a, a young player. He's still young. Okay. Is still, still real young. Like tw- 23 and younger? Yes. Is it, does he wear green? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. It's not the guy I was thinking of. Uh, I was going to say Jay, it's Jason Tatum, but. No. Um... Jason, no. <laughs> I can't pick a Celtic. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on. You can. Uh, the the. Sometimes. He does sometimes wear green, though, depending on the, the jersey night, what they want to wear. Damn. Throw me all kind. Of, okay, Western or Eastern? Western Conference. Mm-hmm. High draft pick. Oh, uh, you're going to have to give it to me. He's I'm a, blanking. He's, a throw, he's a, kind of a throwback. He's kind of a throwback. He so, has a, he's not based on the three-point shot. It's not Jaron Jackson. Shoots him, but it's not his. It's not his biggest emphasis of his game. It's not Jaron Jackson Jr. Good guess. No. Oh. Wing no. player. Small market. Oh, they make the playoffs. Yep. <laughs> oh, they did make playoffs. I gosh, I gotta know this now. I'm gonna check the teams and I'll make one final guess. I have it up right here. They're up in the series. The team that he plays on is winning oh, the series. Oh, is it 
Bogdanovich? No. Oh, I thought you thought maybe. Oh, it's Cat. No, it's not Cat. It's not Cat. It's Anthony Edwards. It's Anthony Edwards. Okay. Anthony Edwards is my new favorite player. <laughs> Sorry for uh, everyone listening. That was embarrassingly, embarrassingly long, and that's a name I should have had down fourth on my list. Um, I I love him. I the last the I watched the Minnesota some this year, not as much as I should have, uh, but I did watch him some. But I watched the first playing game and the game one. He had 66 points. The guy is so confident. Like he's not afraid of anybody. He's just like, okay, come at me. Like I'm gonna take this shot in your face. I'm gonna knock it down. He cat's a great player, but he's 20 years old. He's already the best player on Minnesota. And they beat, they go to Memphis, win game one. Mm. I I I like that he's willing to shoot the two. He's gonna get better at shooting the three. I think he can be a real game changer in the NBA and a game changer for that franchise that's been MIA for some time now. Uh, but yeah, Anthony Edwards is my new guy for, for a while now. The ant. I love it. The ant. Yes. Yeah. I love no, he's he is an exceptionally good player to go out and put 36 in your debut. That's I mean that alone is impressive. Uh, it's like it's basically like you're right. He didn't care. There was no worry in the world. He's going against arguably one of the best guards in the in the league in John Moran, and it didn't phase him one bit. And the reason they won that game, in my personal opinion, is because they, I mean, there there was guys who scored did really good things, but they were just able to break down Memphis's defense. Which yes, Memphis has been. Uh, staple all year being a really, really talented defensive team on top of great offensive weapons. Um, but once, you know, once you're just going back to back with offense, um, Tim, the T will basically prove that they could, they could handle them and they handled them like fine. Yeah. They couldn't do anything. Like they, they thought you thought they'd have their converge. Then Edwards would just pull up, make a shot or, you know, D'Angelo Russell had a terrible game. He's two for mm. 11 but he made a clutch three with like two minutes and 50 seconds left. It was a big shot that really put the game out of reach. Um, But like like you said, the the paint normally Memphis dominates. John Morant had a tough time scoring. He got in the paint. They just converged on him. He couldn't do anything. Like they, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. had seven blocks, which is crazy because he only played like 23 minutes, but uh, because he was in foul trouble, but I, I was really impressed by, by Minnesota's just their, their fight that they, that they, uh, they didn't give up easy buckets. You mentioned they play tough defense. Um, and you know, this is, they're obviously a seven seed, but I think this is going to be a fun series. I think this is going to be a long one and I wouldn't rule out Minnesota winning this series. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've said it in, in prior pods and I've, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I had, I have Memphis in seven. I'll stick to that right now. I think I still think they can get it done, but I said Memphis doesn't have a lot of experience. They don't have a lot of guys over the age of 30 on this team, let alone playoff here. And uh, just kind of, like I said, last week, like cat had a really good game and Steven Adams, he had zero points. He was, he was a non-factor in this game. I don't know if they're going to be able to play him. He can't keep up. The cat is just, he's all over the place. You know, one yeah. minute he's out at the three-point line, the next minute he's, you know, in your face posting you up. So you're right. You need someone who's fast and is going to be able to run that. So I'm not sure what they'll do. Yeah, they're, that was a fun game this this weekend. 
Um, your Celtics crazy game. Oddly enough, the first the first buzzer beater playoff game in Celtics history, which I could not believe. They Me played neither. 286 and it was their first one. Like I they've only had five in franchise history, which is also crazy. One of them, big baby Davis. But um I that's another crazy stat. But um what were your big takeaways from, from this game when it when Celtics Nets game one? To see Jason Tatum roll around Kyrie out of all people. Kyrie score that bucket must have been the greatest feeling in the world. I don't think I'll ever relive a high like I did Sunday afternoon. Oh, that was nice. Um, no, I mean a lot a lot of good things to take away. I thought Al Horford played phenomenally 20 and 15. He was he was an X factor in that game and their big man. Mind you, Claxton did have almost, you know, between I think 13 points, maybe. He played pretty decent, but for the most part, Al Horford was able to control. Mm-hmm. control the paint with any guy who was down there. I didn't think KD played particularly well, especially in the beginning. I think he has a, a major bounce back game. I think Brooklyn wins game two, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. But, you know, as much as I hate Kyrie, I, I, you know, I love seeing the fans get to him, but they don't even get to him because he had 30, he almost had 40 points. He hits, it felt like he had three over three over three in the fourth quarter. Like, he is just one of those players that's ultra talented and he, like nothing phases him, which is even scarier. So a, a lot of kudos goes to him for being just, you know, hated in that barn, but still playing phenomenal. I don't know if I've ever seen Kevin Durant guarded as well as Boston did in game one, because I agree. Tatum played both ends like LeBron used to in his prime where LeBron just had the energy where he could do it both like, Offensive and defensively, because Tatum was in his face the whole game. Smart played his ass off. He played extremely tough. Um, but they, they were difficult shots. Like, that's just – in the NBA, yeah, he's still seven feet. But if you're around him, if you're bugging him, it's going to be a tougher shot. And I think Tatum, Smart, you mentioned Horford. I thought he played tough de- – like, Boston, it was just a difference. That last play, there's no way Boston should have scored because mm-hmm. – it was a broken play. Smart didn't know what the hell he was doing. He's like, holy shit, I can pass in here. Kyrie's looking at Paige Spurnak in the top row, probably. <laughs> I don't know what that what, I don't know what he was doing in that play. Yeah. He, he's just standing there, like looking. Like there's a guy, right? He's oh, Tatum, the best player, has got the ball a foot from the basket. I guess I'm just gonna let that happen. It's one of the only mistakes he made the whole game, but mm. it's night and day the difference between Celtics and Nets and how they go about playing defensively. Absolutely, yeah. Like if if it wasn't for Kyrie, that would have been that would have been that game would have been a write off. There would be no need need for a first buzzer beater in the history of the Celtics. It would have been right, yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, shout out Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus, my boy, smart. Yeah, just told you, ultra talented. You did call it. I'll give you that. You did call it. I thought there was a couple other guys who who might might be up there. Uh, Robert Williams did get some love, but ultimately, yeah, smart had a good year and. 25 years since the last guard. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy, eh? Yeah, I can't believe yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. a little biased on the big guys, I find. I thought Tony Allen would have won, won one throughout his career. Should have. He was talented. Yeah. yeah. Talented Especially in Memphis. When they, like, one year, I think there were one or two seed in the West. I don't know how he didn't – like, he was a great defensive guard. Like, Kobe, when, when he was still living, talked about how Tony Allen was one of his toughest matchups and how those battles were so tough. Yeah. 
that always given it to a center or, you know, some, someone who's, you know, over six foot five, I guess. But yeah, I know it was, it was nice to see. I mean, obviously smart gets, doesn't get recognized for a lot of things, but being a great defensive player, he'll never, you know, no one will ever question that ever again. Are you okay with Kyrie giving the bird to the Celtics fans? Oh, okay. As in, I'm going to, you know, go upset and you know, throw a hissy fit. No, I'm not. I, I mean, it's whatever, like you find them and then that's it. Like that's, you just, you just kind of get over it. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you don't think the Boston fans love seeing Kyrie give them the bird. Like we're talking about the, the, the dirt bag fans of the sports universe in Boston. And they probably thrive on the fact that they got under the skin Kyrie so much that he was given the bird and, you know, doing, doing whatever he was doing when he was inbounding the ball and, you know, the crying <laughs> face and, they love that. They love the fact that that you know that worked, but ultimately it didn't work because he still it didn't work. The, I'd be like, just give him like the uh, the golf clap, like just because yelling at him. The guy was out of his mind. He wasn't missing a shot. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, in- interesting though. A lot of birds being thrown around. Ryan Hartman, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Jesus, she got to start a club. I'm just glad we didn't hear about Boston crowds calling him something else. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, they're known yeah. for using that word. Yeah, that well, that's that's what I mean by dirtbags. Like they'll they'll go to the lowest of the lows in order to get under somebody's skin. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that wasn't brought out. And I'm I'm sure it was probably said, but you know, it wasn't released clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a great game. Um let me throw before we go to the jazz and what that was last night. Um, I, I was talking, thinking about this yesterday and I want to throw this theory by it. So Minnesota, obviously Anthony Edwards, my new favorite, but they're, they might not win this series, but I still think they're a team on the rise. They got the Angela Russell, they got cat. And I look at a guy like Damian Lillard who mm-hmm. might went out of Portland and normally it's like, well, he'll go to the Knicks or he'll go to Lakers. It's, it's got to be a big name, but he's played in a small market forever. But Minnesota surrounded with really good talent. Mm-hmm. What if Lillard was traded to Minnesota? Wouldn't they become a, a, a contender for a championship right away? They'd have to give up some pieces, obviously, but they wouldn't trade Ant-Man. I don't think they'd have to give up. I think they could give up Russell Beasley some picks mm-hmm. uh, because Portland is going to tear could- it down. I, I think it's a potential landing spot for, for Damian Lillard this, this I- summer. Yeah, and I mean this playoff run, like if they, like you said, if they beat Memphis, I mean it, it's like okay, mm-hmm. well this team's, you know, they they came in the seventh seed, they won, they're playing, and they've obviously played really well. They have some competitive drive, and they have some new juices in Edwards, who just, you know, like you said, is just explosive and can be an offensive threat. If Lillard, you know, even if he toned down his numbers a little bit and mm-hmm. said, okay, I can, I can, you know, I can mess with these guys if they want to, uh, if they, if you know, they want to be competitive and, you know, he'll give, he'll get Cat, who's arguably a top five big man in the league to play with. And, mm-hmm. you know, his, that, that guard duo would be unbelievable. Because yeah. Lillard's, Lillard's a great scorer, but he's a sneaky, really good passer. Like, and he's always been ever since he was in college. So I think that would be, you know, I, I think I, that could be a location for him for sure. Not that wasn't my top of my mind, but yeah, I could see it happening. Yeah. It probably won't be Minnesota. But I'm like, if this, but if if you're Minnesota, I definitely make the call because I think they're close to to being a really good team, being a, a playoff team that could do some damage. Because you know they're 
again, they win game one. Maybe it's a long way to go, but they game two tonight uh, in in uh, in Memphis, and Memphis got to win tonight. Uh, big big game for them. Absolutely. Tonight. Um, who's having the better postseason so far, Jalen Brunson or Jordan Poole? Oh, that's a good question. I thought you were gonna say a different name, Jalen. So what? Do you, what did Brunson have in the first game? I think he had he had thirty, mm. maybe twenty eight. But he had, he had a good game, and then he dropped forty one last night. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Brunson because he's it's there's no Donich there. He's the he's the focal point of the team because if yep. he's not scoring, they're not winning. And yeah, I, I mean yeah, it's 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 him and the fact that they get another win and they beat. Uh, they beat Utah without Luca. Is yeah, that that's all on him. Because you could you could easily say, oh well, Jordan Poole's having a good, you know, he's had a great playoff run so far, but he's got three great players surrounding him. Right. Yeah, Brunson. If you're Utah, <laughs> pathetic. The fact that that's a split pathetic. and Doncic did not like that. That tells you everything you need to know about Utah and right, like just the backbone yeah. of this team or lack thereof, like. I, you had it on a silver platter. You could at least win round. You might, and uh, I believe is that. I think that's the four or five matchup. If I remember. yeah, that is yeah, the four or five. You probably play Phoenix. Okay, lose that series, whatever. But at least you win a round. Like at least you have that. But now, I think Dallas is in the driver's seat. Even though Utah has, you know, they have home court. I, if Doncic can come back, Dallas is winning the series for me. I, I just think Dallas will. We'll find a way, and then Dallas and, and Phoenix would be the much better second round series. Yeah, people people would tune in to see that too. You know, Western teams, two teams that have ultimately great talent. You know, I mean, Donich and Booker. Um, but yeah, it would be it'd be an interesting matchup. I, I, either way, I think if if Phoenix get there, they're they're beating whoever's in the second round and get to a conference final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. Uh, I, I, Utah, I've had a lot of a lot of hope on them this year to maybe pull it together, like a lot of other guys. But yeah, they're they're not looking great. How how real are the Warriors? They blow out De- uh, Denver in the yeah. first two. Are they getting closer to being a a real contender for you? Yeah, they're they're shoving it up my keister. Uh, I really <laughs> I really thought I really thought they're gonna blow it up, but. No, I mean they they look great, and what's even more impressive is Kevin Looney played like eleven minutes last night. So they yeah. played small the entire game, um, and somehow it still managed to play seamlessly together. I think they're getting pretty lucky in the fact that there's no Murray on this team on this Denver yeah. team. But mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta you gotta play with what you got, and that's you know three unbelievable players and Curry, Poole, and Clay Thompson. So keep keep going with them and. Contention was, I think that's that's gonna be tough. So if they win this series, they're gonna play Memphis uh, or Minnesota. Memphis, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not un, um, but not. I think they favor in either matchup. Yeah, it's not an afterthought to think they get to a conference final, but it'll, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm I'm more intrigued because I didn't have a lot of like I said, I I, I had Denver winning in five games, so <laughs> you can show them much faith. That shows you how much faith I have in these guys. Yeah, they they worry me because Poole is a stud. Dropped thirty, and he's a guy that's going to make some money because uh, I think he's, his first contract's done. He's eligible for an extension this off season. I don't know if it's, that's going to be in 
for the Warriors because I'm not sure they're gonna be able to afford him. He's gonna he's gonna play himself to be a, a star, a co-star on his own team uh, elsewhere, likely. But he he's a really good. He's good. He's not afraid to shoot. I, I like him a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean the Warriors look good. Uh, Sixers take the first two of the Raptors in, in dominating mm. fashion. Um, do the Raptors have any hope? They're banged up. It hasn't looked good for them. No, I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I, I'd love to see them win a couple games, but yeah, no, it's just going to be tough. And Bede looks like he found his game. Like, I thought first game was like, okay, a little shaky maybe. Now I, I think he found his game in game two, and I think he's going to continue to roll with that. Um, they just have nobody who can guard him, if, if we're being frank. Right. Like they, they, if anything, Toronto needed to win that first game in order to make this competitive. Now right. it's just like, it's it's done. And no, Scotty Burns, I get it. He's a rookie, but he does defend really well, and he'd mm -hmm. be able to give you valuable minutes, especially like if you're, say, you're playing a two-on-one with Embiid. Like he's mm -hmm. the guy I'd want on that. So as we look to tonight's games, who do you got? Hawks Heat. Who wins tonight? Is that even a question? <laughs> I think Trey. I think Trey Young has a better game than he did the first game. Not scoring it's hard, ten it's hard points. To play worse. Yeah, <laughs> I get. Yeah, true. When you're already at the bottom and start to top to keep going down. Um, no, I, I still think Miami takes that one. What about you? Yeah, I got Miami. T Wolves Grizzlies. I think I think the Grizzlies can make a comeback here. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'll be another good close game, but I think the Grizzlies will find a way to eke it out tonight. Pelican Suns. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean it was it was a ten point game in the last game, so it wasn't like it was mm -hmm. to totally thrown off. Chris, Chris Paul in the last yeah. quarter. Yeah, thirty ten and seven. Like that's that's not a thirty six year old stat line that you usually see very often. Um, no, I, I think the Suns take it pretty handsomely. Yeah, I, I agree. So we got the same picks tonight. Um, obviously, you're going to your trip on uh, Saturday, so you won't be on next week. Um, what are you looking forward to in the trip? You downloaded any movies? What do you, What are the plans for, for the plane and stuff like that? Plane, I'll listen to a lot of podcasts, probably listen to a lot of you for being honest. I need to catch up on some things. Uh, great podcast, by the way, with David Sampson last week. I was really impressed with uh, the questions and he was he was a great listen. Um, yeah, catch up on pods, music and a lot. Of, believe it or not, I watch a lot of sports when I'm down there because you usually get back from the beach. You're tired. You just kind of wind down. You throw on the tube and, you know, it's one thing about the States. They always have different channels for, for whatever. So. Right. Um, sure be watching a lot of ball and then into into probably playoff hockey for well maybe not I guess yeah, I'll probably be back before playoff hockey starts but still just following that down to the wire because that'll be interesting especially with Vancouver on uh, on LA's heels are you gonna download or maybe watch before you go the movie that I've been telling you to watch <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I, I probably rent it for sure yeah it'd be a nice little watch an hour it's only an hour and a half I, I was looking at it last night so it'd be a quick watch maybe in the airport you know you're just sitting there uh be good 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 moving to doze off too so yeah it'd be yeah. good I, I'm excited it's it, it I still don't know what it was Did you I watch it Oh, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, you saw it. Okay. I don't know if it was good, if it was bad. It 
It was Nick Cage. Uh, that's that's what it was. It's actually a great community episode where um, if you haven't seen Community, folks, great little halftime or half hour comedy for you. Um, where Abed uh, takes a class and it's he they ask the question, is Nick Cage a good actor? And it basically makes his head go into a, a tailspin. But uh, it, it's um, really interesting. Um, but that's how I felt about this movie. I don't know. What I took from it is a really funny how he says it. Where's my pig? And uh, yeah, but um, you got to see it. You got you to see it. I'm gonna give it a watch on your recommendation, and we'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, I might actually I, go to a theater this week. I haven't been to a movie theater in two years. I might go see uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Ah, yes, yeah, movie. That's I, did we. I think we watched one of those together. Did we not? We did. We saw the last one in yeah. theaters. Yeah. So. Yeah, terrible what's going on with Johnny Depp and that trial and everything. I know we don't like to talk too too much about that, but he the fact that he should be in these movies and he's not because of that is just bonkers. Uh, I totally agree there. Uh, taking advantage of our guy, well, my guy at least. I know. Yeah. I'm glad we're both. I'm glad we're both on the anti Amber Amber Heard. Uh, um, yeah. So well, this podcast is anti Amber Heard. <laughs> Anybody wants to know where we stand? It is anti Amber. Yeah, yeah. got to make that one. Guy, Johnny Depp, best looking guy on the planet. Uh, anyway, um, Shay, have a great trip. Well earned vacation for you and Kennedy. Uh, my best to um to the couple. Happy couple getting married and. Uh, Say travels, and we'll see you when you get back. Yes, I'll let you know when I land. I appreciate you, and uh, can't can't wait to listen to you over things. Maybe send me a golf pick once in a while, eh? Okay, we'll do that. Yeah, get to a, get to a book down there. Don't look for the bookies on the beach, though. They, uh, okay, sounds they good. Come, they Thanks come back guy. with hats. They don't come back with an IOU. Oh, yeah. I'll avoid them. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll take care and have a good trip, buddy. Thanks. Thanks, Shane. It's film, everybody. Great to talk to Shay, as we do here every Thursday, every Tuesday on the podcast. Um, he'll be back in a couple weeks as he makes his way to Florida for a vacation. Uh, his aunt is getting married, so have fun to Shay. Um, tomorrow, uh, Cole McDonald's going to join me. We'll talk about a lot of NHL stories. We're going to get into some baseball as well. I didn't get to talk about baseball much the last couple days, but some interesting storylines in early season baseball, kind of teams to look out for things of that nature. So we'll get into that tomorrow with Cole. So hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Uh, great times as always. Stay healthy, stay, uh, stay safe, and this has been To The Point.